In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes in order to be a hero to the villains in our lives. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Maleficent, Hans Gruber, Darth Vader, Lord Voldemort. All of these characters that float around in our heads that that we call villains. They're important characters in in our culture, in our story, in, in kind of the way that we view the world. Because we have all of these stories that are in our heads that help us to comprehend what the world is like. And so because we live in a world that is filled with sin, we recognize that we need stories that are filled with evil characters. Characters that show us what that sin looks like. And when we watch something that doesn't really have a villain or an antagonist, there's something about the story that just doesn't ring that true to us. There has to be some sort of conflict. There has to be some sort of notion where something needs to be vanquished. Some evil needs to be put outside. Some evil needs to be put in its proper place. And because of that, we need characters who are villains. And those villains work with our sense of what is true. And our sense of what is true even has a villain in it. Our sense of the truth of the world is that even at the beginning of humanity, that there is a villain character who shows up. And in fact, this villain character is a villain character that we are kind of enthralled with when we, we think about it. We're enthralled in some ways, because of his mystery. Because we don't get that much information about this villain throughout the entire Bible. In fact, in the readings today, we find out more about this villain character than over half of what we know about this villain character is located in these stories. These stories about who this villain is, who this evil is, who is a part of our understanding of what it means to be a human, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be someone who says that my Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ is that we also have to recognize that there is this evil character there. That there is our Lord Voldemort. There is our Darth Vader. There is the evil incarnate who comes in order to try to destroy things. And so because of that, we've, we've added on a, a whole lot of stuff to who Satan is. We've added what he looks like. We've added 
his sense of falling from heaven and, and we feel like we know more about his falling from heaven than what we actually know from scripture. In fact, a lot of what we get about Satan, we actually kind of get from this guy named John Milton instead of actually from the Bible. And that just shows that we're, we're interested. We're interested in, in what it means for us to have this evil character in our stories. We want to know a little bit more about the evil so that we can set ourselves up against it. So that we can say, I, I want to know what Satan looks like. I want to know what Satan's backstory is. I want to know all of these things about Satan so that I can guard myself against this figure who is completely evil. This figure who is the tempter. This figure who comes and he wrecks everything for humankind. And so, in a lot of ways, this is an interesting reading for us to engage with in the church, period. If you follow along here at University of Lutheran, you've kind of generally recognized that through the last season, the season of Epiphany, we've largely been looking at characters who have been people that have been called into discipleship. They've been people that Jesus has said, hey, Guys like Peter and James and Andrew, I want you to be my disciple. Come and follow me. And those are good stories. They're stories that help us to understand how we then follow Jesus. Because we go, okay, if Peter followed Jesus in that way, maybe I can follow Jesus in a similar way. If Andrew follows Jesus in that way, maybe I can follow Jesus in that way. But then we get a reading like this. And we get a reading like this where, where there's just sort of a, a character juxtaposition. There's two characters that, well, what do we do? Because we, we know Jesus. Okay, Jesus is good. But we also know uh, we can't be Jesus. But we know Satan. Well, Satan is bad. And we don't want to be Satan. And so we have to look at how the two relate. We have to look at, at how they have this relationship with one another and what that then means for our discipleship. How we contextualize what's going on in their story so that then we can follow Jesus as his disciples in our stories. And that's going to be the case throughout the season of Lent. There's going to be characters that are not quite disciples, there's going to be characters that Jesus hasn't called into discipleship, but rather are characters that are, are kind of challenging Jesus, or characters that are doing something else in the reading that we have to go, okay, that's not exactly discipleship. When I look at their story, I can't just plug and play and go, okay, I can be like that character. But we have to do a little bit more work. We have to do a little bit more cognition. We have to do a little bit more contextualization in these readings, in order to kind of go, all right, w w what does that mean? And this one, well, maybe this one is kind of easy. It, it kind of starts us off easy, because we get this sense, okay, that guy's a bad guy. All I need to know in this story is, don't fall for the bad guy stuff. 
And, and so we look at, at what's going on in the story with the serpent, with Satan, with this character who is evil incarnate. And we, and we start to dig into that story and we start to see the things that start to come out of that story. And we start to see these are the behaviors that we see in Satan, even in Scripture. And we can start to learn quite a bit about who he is and how he operates. The first thing that is sort of surprising to us for whatever reason is that he really seems to like the Bible. He likes God's Word, but he doesn't like it for the right reasons, right? He's sort of like a really good prosecuting attorney. In fact, the word Satan, Hasatan, means the accuser. It would have been a word that would have been used for someone who was accusing someone in a court of law. And so when Jesus says, get away from me, Hasatan, he's saying, get away from me, you lawyer. Sorry, Adam. (laughs) But not a lawyer like Adam. In a different kind of lawyer, a satanic lawyer. But, but there's something to that, something that we can, we can go, okay, we know people like that. We know people who can take the rules and they can, you know, kind of switch them up and they can go, well, didn't God say this? And that's exactly what he does. He, he knows the word so well that he can just twist a, a, a little bit and say, well, uh, oh, well, you know, did God really say that you can't eat any of the, the fruit, and, and he, he just twists it ever so slightly, ever so slightly. He, he says, well, he, he starts to ask these questions that, well, you know, they're, they're just not exactly right. And unfortunately, we fall for them. The story of the fall into sin is not only the story of a massive fall into sin that happened many, 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 many years ago. But it's also the recurring story in our lives that seems to happen almost every day. As Satan worms his way into our ears with even God's word sometimes and says, well, didn't God say And that's why we need this, this other story, this story from the gospel, this story of Jesus facing down this tempter, this accuser. And he responds back with scripture. That there is a relationship here between Jesus and Satan. There's a relationship that seems to be playing itself out where, where this Satan, he, he's, he's testing He's making sure, perhaps, that this is the Christ. Because anybody less than the Christ, anybody less than the Christ is going to fail at these things. Because, well, Satan has been doing this for years and years and years and eons and eons and eons. And if you notice, he hasn't changed his strategy. Because it works. 
And so he knows, I know how to get humans. I know how to get humans to sin. And if this Jesus, if this is anything other than God himself in the flesh, he's going to fall for this. And it's interesting, the three things that he presents Jesus to fall into are the three things that we so often fall into ourselves. The first thing is, hey, Jesus, take care of yourself. There's no reason for you to suffer. No reason for you to languish. And just make some bread out of a stone. It'll be okay. And Jesus sees through it. But how often do we not? How often do we commit a sin with sort of the same justification in our heads going, oh, I'm just taking care of myself. But how often are we taking care of ourselves by committing a sin that we know is wrong? The second one. The the second one where he takes Jesus up on the height of the temple. And he says, you got this? Just throw yourself down. Your father will send legions of angels because you know that he'll want to take care of you. And how often is that a temptation that we fall into, that temptation that we fall into being the temptation that we take unnecessary risks and try to tempt God? Oh no, God, I'll be fine with this one. I know that's tempting to me, but I'll be okay this time. And then you find out that you're not okay this time, just as you weren't okay the last time that you gave in to that temptation, or the time before that. How often is that something that we do when we're sinning, we justify that we can take the risk that, you know, good people take risks. But good people don't take risks when that risk is sinful. The third. Satan brings Jesus up to the top of a high mountain. And he says, hey, look at all of these kingdoms. And all of their glory. All of the fame that you would have, all of the power that you would have, all of the money that you would have, all of the relationships that you would have, if you were just over all of this. And Jesus refuses. And Jesus refuses because it's not his time. You see, that stuff, amazingly enough, is stuff that Jesus owns. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. But how often is that a temptation that we fall into as well? The temptation to do something before it really should be done. The temptation to take something before it is really ours. The temptation to make something ours before we have done the requisite amount of work to have that be righteous. 
So when you're cheating on your test or you're stealing something that you can't afford or you're doing whatever, you're falling in to one of those. So how often do we see these sins and we go, okay, I get it. That's what a bad guy is. But the amazing thing about this story isn't just that we get to learn about Satan, but rather that we get to learn about who Jesus is. That we get to learn from the bad guy about who the good guy is. And so if you think about those villains that you've been thinking about now probably all morning, it feels like, all of those villains that invade the space in your head, you can think about who the good guy is in those stories and how those villains are created in a lot of ways in order to just set you up for a clearer understanding of who the good person is. And so you have a figure like Darth Vader who just sets you up for understanding who Luke Skywalker is. You have a figure like Lord Voldemort who just sets you up for an understanding of who Harry Potter is. You have the Hasatan, the accuser who sets you up for an understanding of who Jesus is. And his story is told in relation to Jesus. That this Jesus is not like this Satan. This Jesus is not the one who will accuse you, but rather the one who will forgive you of your sins when you repent of them. This Jesus is the one who, rather than taking the privilege of being God's son, he takes the burden of being God's son and dies upon a cross in order to give you the righteousness that he has. This Jesus is the opposite of who Satan is. He does not make bread for himself because he's showing you that he is offering himself as the bread of life for you. He doesn't throw himself down from the temple because he is showing that he is willing to allow himself to be harmed upon the cross for you. And he does not take ownership of that which is rightfully his before it is time. So he can wait and have you be a part of that kingdom as well. And so this week, may you recognize who Satan is. May you recognize those temptations. But in the midst of those temptations, may you also recognize the good and glorious Jesus who has set himself up as Savior in relation to you. Amen.